It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Election College, episode 131, Q, part two. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts... Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Jason, it's that time. It's time for the 1824 election, which we already had a whole episode on. But we're going to talk <laughs> more in depth about specifically John Quincy Adams, Q, the son of John Adams, his rotundity. You've come to know him as the guy who gets sent everywhere on the planet because some political figurehead wants him to. Now he wants to be the guy that sends other people to do his bidding. (laughs) (laughs) Should we preface all of this by saying that Q was a little difficult to get along with? I think that's probably an okay thing to say. He was difficult. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you ever see a picture of him, you're like, well, duh. He's kind of stuffy looking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. He wears and, high collars. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he's not wearing the knickers right. and stuff. But, yeah, he is a little stuffy. And you think about it, his whole upbringing was pretty much centered around, you will be a public servant. Whether you like it or not, you are going to serve the public. Right. Now do it. And so, and, and he's like, I don't want to. And then he's like, okay, well, I guess since this is all I've done my entire life, even though I'm a lawyer, I suppose I should do it. Yeah, I just can't help but think that he was probably introverted and would have been just as content to stay at home. Right. But, That's probably fair. But in 1824, he is called into service because of, well, all that pressure that's been mounting his whole life. Right. Yeah, the uh, you know the the caucus system from the Democratic Republican Party had pretty much collapsed, and really the the whole first party system collapses. And you know this election is pretty much if you don't have regional support, you're not going to make it. So I mean, Q has a pretty strong base in New England. Uh, I mean, he's up against some pretty tough dudes: John C. F. Calhoun, William H. Crawford, Henry Clay. Andrew Jackson, uh, (laughs) things are not going to be easy, I guess you could say. And so, you know, Calhoun actually does drop out and uh, Crawford gets sick and gives his support to some other candidates. 
And Election Day comes in 1824, and Andrew Jackson wins narrowly, but he does win. And he uh, he doesn't get the majority of electoral votes. Yeah, so you have one-fourth of voter turnout for the election. So it really wasn't that big of a deal. Right. You know, people are like, hey, everybody feels good, right? right? Sure. We're We're happy. And um, only 113,000 people voted for the eventual winner. Yeah. So the 12th Amendment had been passed previously. And if you want to hear more about that, you can go back and listen to our episode on the 12th Amendment. But the presidential election, it goes to the House of Representatives. And this is like, this is crazy because they get to choose from the top three candidates. And you have Andrew Jackson, you have Q, and you have Crawford. And, you know, Clay had come in fourth place, but only the top three places got to be on the ballot. Um, So he's still Speaker of the House. Anyway, uh, because he's Speaker of the House and because he pretty much hates Andrew Jackson, and um, uh, there's lots of reasons for that. We won't go into them right now. He says, I think you guys should vote for Q. And the House says, "Okay, Q it is. And on February 9th, 1825, on the first ballot, Q becomes the president. And Adams is like, okay, cool. Well, I I guess I could do this. I I figured I should. And Jackson's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you serious? I'm like the war veteran. Yeah. So you can imagine this surprised a lot of people (laughs) because Andy Jack basically won the election. But it's rumored and believed by many that Henry Clay made a deal and that deal was that if you throw your support behind me Clay will become Q's secretary of state and Andy Jack and his gang were like this is a corrupt bargain (laughs) well everybody pretty much the whole time that Q is president is like yeah but you know, he's only president because he did that corrupt bargain thing. So, um, whoops. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> but too bad. That's that's history now. So uh, Q is the sixth president of the United States, and he takes the oath of const- and he takes the oath of office on actually on a book of constitutional law instead of the Bible. So Adams is all about doing things on a national level at this point. He is saying, I want to improve the roads. I want to improve the ports, the canals. I want to create a national university and really throw in a lot of support behind the arts and sciences. Now, what you need to know about Q and his personality is he doesn't care too much about getting the support of others. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) I'm Q. I'm going to do what I want. And so he's going to run into a lot of resistance, notably from the Congress. And the Congress is going to pretty much do everything they can to undermine anything that Q comes up with. Right. And, you know, Jackson's supporters are not helping things along. Jackson's not helping things along either uh, because they're just they're just kind of coming at them. And, of course, they're bringing up the corrupt bargain and... Uh, they're saying that Clay's support in the election, um, you know, helped him along. That's the only reason you're president, et cetera, et cetera. But in 1828, 
Jackson just, you know, I guess I keep calling him Jackson. His name's Andy Jack. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Jackson, Andy Jack, just completely crushes uh, Adams. And here comes the Democratic Party and the second party system. And also the end of the era of good feelings. Yeah. So with all of the turmoil that resulted, there were some good things that did happen as a result of Q's administration. I mean, you had uh, the extension of the Cumberland Road into Ohio. Um, Land was surveyed out west. Uh, The Chesapeake and Ohio Canal started. Um, There were some other um, canals and um, improvements for navigating uh, the Ohio River. If you uh, live in Louisville, you'll be familiar with the Falls of the Ohio, which made it very difficult to navigate the Ohio River. Well, you've got John Quincy Adams to thank for some of the improvement um, for some of the infrastructure in uh, in America. Adams was also really generous towards the uh, Native Americans, and this didn't get them real far. I mean, Q's like, well, I mean, they were here, so let's leave them alone. And everybody else is like, yeah, but but it's America. Like, we're gonna just we're gonna go westward. That's what we're supposed to do. And so the federal government tries to, um, you know, take their authority and assert it onto the Cherokees, and the governor of Georgia takes up arms. And Adams, you know, Q, actually says, um, I'm just continuing along Monroe's policies. No big deal here. It's the, it's the last guy you voted for, too. And Andy Jack and Van Buren, uh, or Marty, if you prefer, say um, maybe even in, in uh, contradiction directly to Q, um, no, we're going to go ahead and get the Indians removed out to the West. And, you know, this is the Trail of Tears, which that's a great podcast episode idea. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to 1824. Adams, quote, wins, unquote, the election. (laughs) And Andy Jack is not happy about it. Adams is inaugurated and Jackson says, I'm out. So he resigns from the Senate. And what ends up happening is four years of nastiness happening between Q and Andy Jack. Uh, Q accuses Andy Jack's wife of bigamy and it just gets very ugly. We will talk (laughs) more about that when we get to Andrew Jackson. So back to Q. So contrary to the opinion of the day and kind of would think that would be the opinion of our day. As a matter of fact, Q decides that he's going to run for house of representatives in 1830. And uh, aside from Andrew Johnson going back to the Senate, Q is the only other president to have gone back into Congress after being the president. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, You've had the highest public service in the world, and then you're just done being a public servant? Yeah, and you're representing one district, right. a congressional district. It's not even a Senate right. seat or even being a governor. He did run for governor of Massachusetts in 1833, and uh, no, he lost yeah. <laughs> that. How would, uh, how would that feel, though? Like, I used to be president, and I can't even win a stinking governor position (laughs) yeah i mean he could have he could have 
perhaps become the governor. Right. Just because it was... Uh, there wasn't a majority in that election. There wasn't a majority. So he ended up throwing his support behind um, John Davis. Right. But anyway. Still, it would, it would kind of sting, I think. It, it would sting. Yeah. I'd, I'd be a little upset. <laughs> well... You know, Q is an opponent of slavery, and he says, well, he's in Congress. I'm going to fight it. And so he uh, he was kind of thwarted because in 1836, there's a gag rule, and the Southern representatives put it in place that if there's a discussion or a petition about slavery, um, it's tabled. So pretty much nobody can have a discussion about slavery or debate it. And he decides I am going to come at this rule, this ruling with everything I have and figure out a way around it. And I'm going to every two weeks or so just hammer hard on slavery. And, you know, the, the gag rule really prevents him from being able to bring anything to the floor uh, about slavery. So he does exactly what he should have done and does it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gets to the point where he's like, okay, the best strategy here is to be censured. Right. Because if he's censured, it'll be like, well, why are you being censured? Well, because of slavery. Right. And so he's pretty much egging on the Southern legislators to censure him. And uh, it never happens, but it sure got close. And, (laughs) hey, it brought up the whole issue of slavery. So... Um, in 1844, he chaired a committee for the reform to some of the rules going on in Congress. He used that to try to repeal the gag order. Get this, Northern Opposition. <laughs> it, the rule survived that. So, you know, a lot of times when it comes to the whole slavery issue, we can rail against the South, but it was the North, too, that could have done something about it. Yeah. Hey, this is uh, kind of not political, but it, there's a couple of cool things about Q. I mean, there's a lot of cool things about Q, but one specifically, in 1843, Q actually was the earliest confirmed photograph uh, of a U.S. president that is still in existence. And um, there's a there's a pretty good understanding that William Henry Harrison uh, had posed for a portrait in 1841 but there's no actual evidence of it. There's no um, proof of it anymore. So uh, we can at least say that Q has the earliest one in existence still that we still have record of. So Adams Q is uh, one of the only uh, figures in American history that knew you know, founding fathers, seeing as how his father was one, that wasn't real hard for him, uh, and also met or knew Abraham Lincoln. And we don't know that they were buddies or anything, but they at least met. Uh, the other one would have been Martin Van Buren, who met uh, at least met Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Uh, and he also knew uh, Aaron Burr, of course, because he was his mentor. But he <laughs> he also met Abraham Lincoln um, while he was on a campaign trip. So uh, a couple cool things, you know, first photograph, new people in Revolutionary and Civil War, um, and... His first photograph, by the way, that was ever taken of a president, is terrifying. Yeah, he looks like he could eat your head off. It looks like he should be on Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So in February of 1848, 
the U.S. House of Representatives, they were discussing the matter of honoring U.S. Army officers who served in the Mexican-American War. And Adams was a vehement critic of that war. And as the congressman rose up to say, I, to be in favor of the measure, he yelled, no. And he rose to answer a question that was asked by the Speaker of the House, and he collapses. He suffered a massive cerebral hemorrhage. And two days later, uh, well, I should say that they um, took him up to the Speaker's room inside the Capitol, and uh, he stayed there for two days, and uh, that's where he died. There was a first-term representative, Abraham Lincoln, um, who was assigned to the committee to make the funeral arrangements for Q. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, before that, he had actually also had a stroke and was partially paralyzed. And, you know, like a champ, he makes a full recovery and goes back to Congress, where then you ultimately know the end of that story. He he was first buried in the vault at the Congressional Cemetery in Washington, D.C., and then uh, was moved back to Quincy, Massachusetts, to Hancock Cemetery. Whenever his wife died, his son, Charles Francis Adams, actually uh, moved them then to the crypt at the United First Parish Church, which is actually uh, right next to John and Abigail. So that's kind of a cool, um, cool, cool thing. You can look at both of their graves or tombs um, at the Hancock Cemetery, and you know it's just marked as J.Q. Adams. Yeah, there's a lot of descendants of Adams. They're still around, so if anybody's an Adams descendant, hey! <laughs> and, and Adams is reported to have the highest IQ of any president, and from what I understand, he was happy to let you know yeah. about his IQ. <laughs> Yeah, there's been some speculation that uh, perhaps he had um, what we would now call Asperger's and was able to be high functioning, um, you know, from that, and and that that was you know, one of the first uh, examples that people will point to and say, um, look, this this person with what we would sometimes call a disability was able to show everyone this isn't a disability. He was a little strange. Um, but that doesn't have to be from Asperger's. That could just be because he's a weird person. So, um, it, you know, it certainly gives kind of a a different perspective on things for sure. Yeah. There's some other cool things <laughs> about Adams that, um, some trivia yeah. about Adams that uh, the Marquis de Lafayette um, once gave him an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, on a more serious note, having to do with his personality, you know, they say that he did suffer from depression for most of his life. Right. And, um, you know, it could have been because of the high expectations that were placed upon him um, by his parents. And um, his relationship with his mom um, was pretty rough. She had very high expectations of him, and her brother died. Uh, as an alcoholic, and uh, it's said that she really feared that um, Q's brother Charles would follow uh, in in his uncle's footsteps there. So there were some high expectations on the Adams children. Hey, we don't take it for granted that you and a lot of other people spend nearly an hour's worth of time every week listening to the podcast, and 
we really consider that a privilege. If you would like to get this podcast in front of more people, well, then you can help us by leaving a rating and review in iTunes. Just visit electioncollege.com slash iTunes. It takes about 90 seconds, and we really appreciate it. We also really enjoy interacting with you. I know that as a fan, a huge fan of podcasts myself, I love whenever I can go and see um, interactions that other podcast hosts have had with their listeners, and it's great to be able to participate in that. So we would be honored. We would actually like to participate with you, probably more than you would like to participate with us. <laughs> do we think it was an honor if you wanted to talk to us, though? So uh, if you want to do that, you could do that on Twitter or Facebook, or you can even leave a comment on a photo in Instagram and say, hey, we'd love to say hey back. We know some of your names from your comments and um, you know favoriting our tweets and stuff like that. Uh, but it would be great to put a um, conversation to that name as well. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.